Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Champs. And I am Andrew Tahada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year. Uh, the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series came to an end. Oh, damn. <laughs> yes. Damn, really? Damn. Yes, that was the year oh. the original run ended. The Heroes in the Half Shell, that, that, was, that was the end of their first show. Wow. It's kind of crazy because I feel like I've just been watching it constantly that it felt like it just never ended. I mean, this is also probably because there were like 17 different iterations after the fact, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and counting and counting mm-hmm. and counting. Yep. Uh, but the reason why we're talking about the TMNT, the Heroes in the Half Shells today is because we're talking about probably the most ambitious crossover of our time. Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How are you feeling that we're talking about a movie this time around? <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be so refreshing to, you know, just slap a number rating on this and keep going. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's nice to w- focus on one central story to pick mm-hmm. apart or praise as opposed mm-hmm. to, to multiple. So it's, it's a nice change. It's a nice change. Yeah, I agree. Especially because there's no, um, you know, we don't have to go through the overarching character development that is sort of a band man anymore. I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm going to miss Carmen Dillo. You know this. Sure. I know this. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's time to let new ones in our, in our hearts. That is true. That is true. Especially with this new one for Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This film has a runtime of 84 minutes. Uh, it was created by director Jake Castorina. Um, He used this film from 2019 to bring to life the very popular comic book series written by James Tinian IV and Freddie Williams III. And speaking of the fact that this is a crossover, uh, this is also a joint animation crossover as well because we have warner brothers animation dc entertainment and everybody's favorite nickelodeon animation coming through for this one i didn't see any slime <laughs> i think it's the ooze I oh, think. oh i see i see that's how they got it in all right all right that's the only way they were able to sneak it in <laughs> also this movie is rated pg-13 so uh for the kids out there you will be seeing some kind of crazy stuff if you watch this film given the fact that this is apparently the first nickelodeon 
and the first TMNT animated version that received a rating of PG-13. Sure, it was just PG-13? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. it got dark. It got dark. All right, so moving on to the cast, we have some familiar names that we've actually kind of seen sometimes in the past, but we've got a lot of great new ones here. As we have Troy Baker, who's pulling double duty today, voicing not only Batman, but also Joker. Insane. This man Wild. is insane. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Eric Bauza voices Leonardo. Coming up next, you know him as Blaine Anderson or the music meister in the Arrowverse, as we have Darren Chris voicing Raphael. Fun fact, Darren Chris does move on to voice uh, Superman in the Rebirth DC animated films that have been coming out since the, um, the end of the Flash, the, uh, D- the new 52 uh, DCAU films. Uh, from SNL, Kyle Mooney is voice of Michelangelo. She's proven that she's no one's crazy ex in this one as we have Rachel Bloom voicing Batgirl in our film. Ben Giroux voices Damian Wayne Robin. And fun fact from Nickelodeon, I believe he plays the toddler on the hit series. Um, was it? I think it's called like Kid Danger or oh, Danger Force. The, the Danger Men's or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah something. <laughs> Adventures Henry of Danger. Danger? Something. Henry, da- Henry Danger. That's what it was. It's yes. dangerous. Any way you slice it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so true. Uh, Raz Al Ghul or Raish Al Ghul will be going back and forth once again on his name. It is voiced by Cass Anvar. Um, he, this next person, he was the voice of the father of Raj Kuthapali in The Big Bang Theory. And he also was the voice, sorry, as of uh, Guru Pathak in Atla, as we have Brian George voicing Alfred here with that execution of that dry wit oh so well. Oh, I love him. I love him. Anything he does. Mm-hmm. This is a really long list, y'all, because we also have, we are teaming up with four turtles, the entire, the entire universe of the TMNT, as well as Batman, as we're continuing on, as we have um, Andrew Kishino who you might have already heard his voice in so many DC anime productions, including uh, voicing Hat in the great Superman versus the Elite film. Uh, Andrew is voicing Oroku Saki, a.k.a. Shredder in this one. And finally, we have Baron Vaughn, who voices Donatello. I don't really have anything like special to bring up about Baron Vaughn, because um, I'm just learning more about his stuff. But I just want to point out that Baron is Black. So based off the racial draft of the Chappelle show, we got ourselves a Ninja Turtle. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it. And we got the smart one, too. A black delegation would like to take. <laughs> no, it's a good one to have. It's a good one to have. Definitely. All right. So now that we've gone through the list and a little bit of the history of it, it's time to jump into Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, right away, you know, this is an unusual Batman movie because Barbara Gordon is happy and uh, living her best life <laughs> as she walks into... <laughs> Box uh, yes. walks into a facility, and things seem to go pretty normal until you know, as happens in Gotham, sometimes there's some ninja attacks, and these ninjas are definitely ready to catch some bodies. Right when Barbara is about to jump into action as Batgirl, see what she can do, no need because the turtles or whatever those mysterious silhouettes are that look like turtles <laughs> show up to handle the situation. Yes, and in an excellent callback, actually, to the original comic, 
Barbara Gordon is telling this whole story to Batman, who, um, upon learning that not only does he have to deal with ninjas, but also have to find a power generator that was stolen, but there are also these monstrous beings who are, quote unquote, causing chaos. So now he must, of course, protect his city because they stepped foot in the wrong neighborhood. Again, I'm really glad that the turtles aren't selling any apes in this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, Batman's about to like knock somebody out for a generator. So I can't imagine <laughs> what he would do. <laughs> so we jump on over to the Batcave. Uh, Bruce and Alfred are just talking through everything that happens. Fun thing that we do want to do want to point out is that Batman drinks his coffee out of a Superman bug. I, I just, it's like, are they, they have merchandising apparently in this universe. Game recognizes game. So Bruce is just like adamant about stopping these monstrous creatures uh, from causing any harm in his city while Alfred is just talking things through. And he tells him now that apparently there is an alert from GCPD that they plan to send units to Wayne Enterprises as they believe that Wayne Enterprises might be the next step on the string of robberies. And I just want to give a quick shout out to the GCPD because they didn't even reach out to Bruce. They were already on their way. This is the most competent that I've ever seen the GCPD. I I agree. I don't I don't think we've ever seen them take this much of an interest in Gotham. <laughs> but I, I do also love this line where Alfred is like, do you want them to, they're offering extra security and Batman goes, no. And Alfred's like, shall I tell them that it's because you go about to punch them while wearing a bat costume? (laughs) (laughs) That dry wit is amazing. It's so good. It is so good. And pulled right from the comic, actually. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. And since Batman decides he's going to try to prevent them from stealing the generator himself, we get a nice suit-up montage that includes the unforgivable crime. I'm sorry, Donnie. Not sorry, not Donnie. I'm sorry, Michelangelo. You cannot put your pizza in the utility belt. And <laughs> like it's all right. It's not all right. All right? Like, stop. Stop with that. This gunks up the works. <laughs> so we now see that the turtles are also investigating this crime as they are heading over to uh, Wayne Enterprises now to provide their own set of help. So as this is also a very cool thing that in hindsight makes a lot more sense than I thought, because of course, Bruce, knowing that everything is about to go down, he apparently gives his team at Wayne Enterprises the night off and uses holograms to make it seem as if the the device that they're planning to steal, as well as everybody who's supposed to be working on it, is still in the building. One of my questions, though, is did they give consent to having their images and their, their whatever it is be basically created in hologram form? Honestly, you know, if I work in Gotham and my boss is like, don't come in tonight because somebody's going to try to steal something, whatever they got to do, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> Like, I know what happens during robberies in Gotham. <laughs> you get frozen, <laughs> fear toxined. Go ahead, steal my likeness. And they probably signed it away when they signed the contract. That's true. It probably might <laughs> even be a part of the union dues for all we know. <laughs> but this leads into a full-on fight as Batman takes on every single member of the Foot Clan that comes into Wayne Enterprises, while on the outside 
it seems like Penguin and his gang with a special cameo. I just want to point out there, there's a person there who is um, who looks a lot like the mutant gang leader from the Dark Knight Returns comics. Um, but also fun little thing he, that I realized after the fact is that he also looks a lot like Krang's Robasu. Yeah, I was also thinking like he was giving me some Bebop vibes too. Mm, yes, Bebop too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just yeah. so many. It's the glasses. You have those squarish glasses yeah. that just solidifies you. Um, but at the same time, as Penguin is stalking the Wayne Enterprises, because he also wants to get in on the action and try to see if he can steal whatever they're trying to steal. This is when they get attacked by our heroes in the half shell, even though they don't know yet that um, they're turtles and keeps thinking that they're Batman. Yeah, but they they learn quick because Raphael, especially trying to go for the most jacked award, comes Mm -hmm. up and with his brothers just starts laying down the law. While Penguin makes these crazy noises, the noises were killing me. (laughs) It's like every five minutes. And um, yeah, Penguin is a. I also thought Penguin was a little too casual about giant mutant turtles. I mean, I know it's Gotham, but mm-hmm. you seen shit like this before, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. In any case, as they are easily handling Penguin's goons, Batman has done the Lord's work and and like knocked out forty ninjas at this point. <laughs> and just as he's about to get the last one. The ninja gets a shuriken to the head, which Horrors. again, PG 13. We sure PG 13. PG 13. <laughs> and the only person who could have done it is Shredder. And Shredder, as soon as he sees Batman, descends like an anime villain and starts the one on one matchup. I do love that jump because it is an excellent callback to the live action Ninja Turtles movie. And the main reason why I remember this is because it was my favorite scene growing up as Shredder slowly falls down. Like, we've had moments in which, you know, that signify when shit's about to go down. You know, when Henry Cavill, like, reloads the arms in Mission Impossible or Yu-Gi-Oh! comes out with the uh, with his, um, his Millennium Pendant and whatnot. Or even when Green, the Green Ranger came out with the flute. Shredder falling down at slow speed means someone may die <laughs> it may be him but someone may die as long as someone dies at the end of the night it's all right for him <laughs> so now we get this crazy choreographed fight between batman and shredder the two of them are going toe to toe we see some excellent usage of the ninjutsu and martial arts um shredder shows that his armor is well adept enough to uh, take on any hit that Batman throws at him with his uh, batarangs as things are just shattering all around them. And then this leads into the final stage of the fight where Batman looks like he has the upper hand. And as he leans forward to spring forward at Shredder, who's trying to recuperate himself, Shredder, um, did Shredder pull the, I want to say this is the move that Neji had in Naruto. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what he, I just know he, you know, he had that he pressed up B back circle right left <laughs> used used his power gauge. <laughs> it was fully it was full three times over. This was yeah. Game Breaker level two. That, yeah, Game Breaker level two. On, yeah, <laughs> whatever they use in Ultimate Ninja Storm. I never played those games. Um, 
but he hits Batman with an attack that throws Batman across the room, bloodied mouth and everything. And but it has the back uh, effect of tiring Shredder out. So Shredder says, I'll kill you later. I'm too tired to do that now. I got to get out of here. But Batman is now put on notice. And meanwhile, uh, now that the turtles are done with all the the penguin thugs, they ask the most important question. Why are there so many blimps in Gotham? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what are their purpose? Because <laughs> it's like, no, I've never seen any police precinct have that much security and still fail at their job. <laughs> no, it's it's a massive waste of resources. So much diesel. <laughs> this gas prices are too damn high now. We can't afford it. So... Now that they've wrapped up the, the thugs, they keep walking on over because now that they're they're quite upset over the fact that they once again missed an opportunity to meet with Shredder's uh, accomplice during this whole thing. Because the main reason why they came from uh, New York City to Gotham, which I do have some questions about mapping wise, um, they're looking for they're looking for who Shredder might be working with, but they end up coming across the Batmobile. And they're all in love. Like, each of them have their own respect for it. Leo likes it just because it looks so cool. Mikey, I mean, it's it's Mikey. Raph likes it because it looks intimidating. And Donnie, I'm pretty sure, just loves it because he's trying to figure out, like, how much tech is in that thing. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a sweet ride. And unfortunately for them, Batman doesn't like people looking at his whip. Because he comes in and just for looking at his car... (laughs) (laughs) he manhandles these turtles just absolutely destroys them they stand no chance um there's a great part of the fight where and again another well choreographed fight and there's another great part where uh the taser is not working on raf and he just goes like taser level seven and (laughs) like bro how many from the comic book (laughs) yeah and um, at one point, even Batman steals the Psy, um, showing which weapons he prefers. And even though he doesn't stab anybody, he is lethal with those things. It is. Um, it's, an, it's a great fight. It really is. And um, unfortunately, it does lead to the Turtles losing. Uh, there is at one point when Mikey gets kicked through a wall, uh, like a brick wall, or I'm hoping or maybe hopefully it was a window. Um, and do want to point out the the commentary by the the citizens of Gotham as there's a couple breaking up inside of a pizza shop. <laughs> I love that. I love that little detail. And of course, they're all freaked out when they see like a giant turtle talking to them. So uh, Mikey gets pulled back into the fight, which quickly wraps up again. And Donatello is able to ninja smoke bomb them out from everything that's happening as Bruce decides it's time for himself to head back to the to his back cave with the sigh in hand as we now jump to a warehouse where we see that Shredder is actually meeting up with his contact in Gotham um, because we see first that he starts talking to Baxter Stockman, who is a loyal servant of the Foot Clan. He is, at this point, already turned into a fly. And they're talking about the use of the... Um, 
the creation of the machine that they're trying to put together, as well as the contact that they have, which is revealed to be the one, the only Rachel Ghoul. Okay, this is all right. Uh, here's the thing: different characters pronounce his name different ways within mm-hmm. the same movie. Why did they do this? <laughs> Roz or Raish, choose a lane, guys. It is really weird, and I wish that this was the movie that they settled it because it was like it's been too long. We've had um, different versions of this character throughout the years in different mediums, and I know that it's a lot to ask that for a random crossover movie. But at the same time, they could have made it for themselves. It's just like, here's how we're doing it. That's it. This is how it's going to be for the rest of the time because they're bringing in basically every single version of their characters through different like entities. Like there's different versions of Batman elements in here. There's different versions of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles elements in here. So it's just like, we could we had a moment here just to clear the air. But no, no. <laughs> it refuses. <laughs> So even though that's confusing, the uh, their plan is not because <laughs> what Shredder and Roz essentially want is Shredder wants access to the Lazarus pit so he can, you know, live forever like you, you do. Mm-hmm. And Roz wants to use a combination of the mutagenic ooze and the machinery he's trying to steal to basically spray some ooze across Gotham. And just so we know what he does, the bravest volunteer in the League of Assassins volunteers to get injected with the serum and it turns him into uh, I assume Marvel's going to be mad because it looked like Werewolf by Night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Roz's grand plan basically is to have Gotham torn apart by its own animal citizens Although they seem, some seem to retain their intelligence afterwards. It's addressed later, but mm-hmm. that's his main plan. And um, luckily, Damien is in the wings, spying on his grandpa, calling him a different name so we can stay confused. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Donnie and the rest of the team, they are trying to figure out everything that they can about the Batman. Um, there's some great dialogue in here as the leo raf and donnie are looking at the computer researching everything they know about batman meanwhile mikey is over on the side he is drawing up all of his own notes um fun fact that these notes were actually the image of that was actually drawn by kevin eastman who is the who was one of the creators of the tmnt and it's just really going through just like you know it seems like batman is good he's helping people he's doing all that but it does seem weird that he's taking this dark aesthetic to his uh, crime fighting, which intimidates so many people that they're worried that he actually may be working alongside Shredder. And we get that full breakdown thanks to Michelangelo, who provides for us a list of pros and cons for <laughs> working alongside Batman. One, he's awesome. Con, he uh, apparently kicked their high knees, as, <laughs> as he put. Yeah, and... Um... They decide the only way to know for sure is to meet him themselves. So Donnie, uh, figuring out, triangulating all of Batman's appearances and uh, figuring out access to waterways, figures they can swim into the Batcave. He does this in two minutes, which 
really makes me question why no one else has figured this out yet. Um, Because he got this all through a Google search. Right. So (laughs) someone's been keeping track. And so he instantly figures it out. And they arrive in, they swim in, they see the big penny, the dinosaur. Mikey can't control himself. Get puts on a, a bat suit. Don't know which bat suit even could have fit him. Um, but he's <laughs> hanging out in the bat suit on top of the dinosaur. And Damien don't play games, takes after his dad, and is immediately on site with Mikey. Oh my gosh, this is also a very fun fight as well just because they um a lot of the cool things that they do in this movie is that they start shifting into the fighting with with the um our main characters here by creating the silhouettes but really focusing in on the color scheme that the um that each hero has so we get to see that actually happen for Damien as well as we see his yellow part of the cape being kind of shown as he's just taking out everybody one by one um this whole fight though does come to a brief end as uh batman and batgirl arrive into the cave and they start talking with the turtles because they start realizing that you know they seem to be on the same side that like the fight from earlier was just a misunderstanding even though basically the turtles got rocked by batman let's be honest oh my god it destroyed (laughs) So now the two of them, the two groups decide to work together uh, because they realize now that uh, Shredder is a common enemy between the two of them. And Damien reveals that he realizes that Rachel Ghoul is the one that's working alongside Shredder. So this, as they're talking about this, at the same time, Shredder and Ra's al Ghul are making their way through Arkham Asylum. And yeah, sorry if you're doing your jobs at Arkham Asylum, but you kind of knew this was going to go this way when you signed up because they're mm-hmm. killing everybody. I mean, so fast. the camera guy. And I, I got to admit, <laughs> Ross came out like a gangster at one point out of the shadows, put his hand on the, sho- the camera guy's shoulder. You didn't see it, but you knew that guy was dead <laughs> this morning. Um, and they're passing by the various inmates. Harley has a nice interaction with Shredder where she just lures him in so she can check her makeup on his mask. Um, But they're really there for Joker. And I'm going to give this Arkham Asylum some credit because they put Joker in a legit bank vault. And inside the bank vault, he is in a smaller box. That's how you secure the Joker. No yard time, no nothing. You put him in there. Because they do establish at one point that this is a universe where Joker, Jason Todd, um, Mm -hmm. Jason Todd. So (laughs) this is where he deserves to be. And here we find out that in another not good sign, Roz wants to borrow the formula for the Joker toxin. Yeah. And while all of this is going down, um, we also see that he, Roz, is basically kind of running the show. So he looks over to Shredder, tells him to pay the man as we see the glowing green TCRI ooze come close to Joker's face as he is just cackling maniacally because we can tell that he has some plans for this. Uh, we now cut back to the Batcave. We see that all of our heroes have paired off with um, you know, somebody in some way, shape, or form. Leo is sparring with Batman. Um, Raph and 
and Damien, they're on the back computer. They're looking through all the notes about the League of Assassins. They're talking things through. And, you know, like Raph is like saying, like, oh, well, the, the, the Foot Clan is like way stronger than the League of Assassins. Meanwhile, Damien's showing all this proof that it's just like the Foot Clan is literally nothing compared to the death cult that the League of Assassins has created. I mean, it's a pretty fair argument. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the hand, maybe, but word. <laughs> So, and then also, um, while, while this is also, we get a chance to see really quickly that um, Donnie and Batgirl are talking with each other, most likely because of the fact that they're both like uh, very science geeks and much in their own ways. But most importantly, is upstairs, Alfred is paying for what looks like 15 separate pies of straight up pizza. And my boy paid for that out of pocket. Hmm. I am convinced because he pulled the money clip out of his pocket. I'm pretty sure he didn't get that from Bruce. Now that's pulls from it from his, right SAS days. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls it from his pocket as he's walking back with the the pizzas, trying to balance them all, trying to take them downstairs because, as he said, he offered to cook a gourmet meal, but they wanted pizza. Michelangelo skateboards down and unfortunately loses his balance and crashes right into alfred knocking over all the pizzas and i gotta say before this one of my favorite lines of this movie because the the pizza delivery woman is like can you handle all this and he goes young lady i assure you there's no amount of cheesy bread that can surpass my abilities (laughs) (laughs) i need that on the shirt (laughs) (laughs) so yes but knocking over all that cheesy bread uh does get Michelangelo's skateboard temporarily confiscated by Alfred. He's not getting it back. Alfred's holding him by the headband. (laughs) (laughs) And at this time, luckily, Donnie and Batgirl have been productive. They developed an anti-serum to the ooze with about a 40% chance of lethal side effects. (laughs) Um, And I... said too much. (laughs) Oh, yeah, way too much. (laughs) And... Batman and Leo are finished their fight. Um, Leo gets a, the upper hand and, you know, Batman's making excuses for losing. Oh, you know, my shoulder was a little banged up from that shredder fight. <laughs> Batman, come on, man. You can lose a fight. You can lose a fight. <laughs> Take the L. <laughs> He's so salty. He even rejects pizza. I was so upset with this because not only did he reject the pizza, he stopped Damien and Batgirl from eating the pizza. So we just gonna go out there and fight crime unfed. You better have that 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 nutrition bar that that <laughs> that fiber one bar in your pocket. <laughs> Were you working for the Bat Family? Word. Also, he was like, "There, this is not a time for pizza." He says this to Mikey, and I just want to say dishonor on Batman because <laughs> dishonor on him, his Bat Family. The bat cow, just everything. Because <laughs> it's just like, there's always time for pizza. No matter what. But I guess they have to get going because the alarm is going off at Arkham. And they're being called by Commissioner Gordon for the classic meetup on the rooftop of the GCPD um, case debrief. Where we have a lot of fun with this one because it is Batman talking with Commissioner Gordon. As Commissioner Gordon looks up and realizes that he's not only joined by 
um, Robin and Batgirl, but also the four turtles. Yeah, he, he I understand why he was thinking about retiring, you know, right after this. I, I would hand it in here to Gordon, like, you're a damn good cop, Jim, but every one, cop has its day. Mm-hmm. And in another fun little bit, after he gives the debrief about Gotham, about Arkham Asylum, uh, of course, you know, everyone leaves in the middle of the conversation. He's like, ah, everyone's gone. And Mikey goes, I'm still here. Scaring the <laughs> shit out of Gordon, which I, I love that. I love that so much. Um, and as they're headed to Arkham Asylum, I guess on the rooftops, because that's the fastest way, like, but you mm. all have cars <laughs> and vehicles. <laughs> but I guess the fastest way is the rooftops. I don't know. Sure. And, you know, they suggest having a little fun, making it a race. And it's it's a nice moment because you don't always get to see Damien behave like a kid. So this is something he's like really enthusiastic. He really wants to win this meaningless race against the foot tops. Because, again, you could fly there. You could take the Batmobile. <laughs> but they're just going to do like cardio settle this. <laughs> uh, now that they've headed over and arrived at Arkham, uh, what we did see before in the brief scene was that joker connected the ooze he released everybody from their prison and then he connected the ooze to the sprinkler systems or rather i should say that dr harley quinn i want to make sure we put some respect on her name after after joker did it and i swear he was going to get that mallet straight to the back of the head if he didn't correct himself (laughs) i do appreciate that she just stopped everything Mm -hmm. until she was called doctor instead of nurse I, yes. I respect you. I respect, respect you. Yep. So as she connects the, the ooze to the sprinkler system, it starts raining the ooze down on everybody. As we see, everybody is turning into some monstrous or animalistic kind of form, which we then finally see for the first time as Batman and the team, they arrive at Arkham and they're greeted by Harley Quinn, who has been turned into a giant hyena which is very, very appropriate given the fact that she has these pet hyenas. I, I think I, I love that little detail that they just stuck with. Yeah, all the all the animal themes for Harley, Joker, and the villains are make complete sense, mm-hmm. um, including, so, we, you know, right off the bat, everyone decides to split up. Um, now we have to deal with a polar bear freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's Robin... Raphael and, and, and Mikey. Mikey. Yep. And Mikey against Polar Bear Freeze, um, which is a it's a cool fight. I got to say, I have to use the pun. <laughs> and me at the same time, Donnie and Batgirl have to go against Jaguar Bane, which is just unfair. It's straight it up not fair at all. <laughs> I was 90 percent sure that they died at least like three times during that fight because they were thrown against walls. <laughs> Like, come on, the odds are way too stacked. <laughs> and the last pairing, uh, Batman and uh, Leo are going against Scarecrow, a crow, <laughs> Scarecrow. <Yeah. laughs> um, and, yo, Batman, you, why would you wait this in the middle yo. of the fight to yo. warn about fear toxin? Batman, <laughs> that's the first thing you do. That's the first thing you say. There's a guy with fear toxin. Watch out. Also, so this whole fight goes down and it's 
it's one that one of my favorite fights just because we get a chance to see again the long um the ever story that is that leo's worried about losing his brothers and this is the vision that he sees when he gets infected by the uh the fear toxin and batman is trying to talk him through it meanwhile he had access to the antidote in his utility belt the entire time you mean something he couldn't create like a little dart gun just to shoot leo like i don't think that leo would have been able to deflect that even in his state yeah and it's like come on are you only carrying one vial of it if so (laughs) that's also bad right (laughs) respirators guys carry them around Mm. um so Leo's struggling with the vision and back at the polar bear freeze fight. Um, they're getting rocked because <laughs> size don't work. Their physical attacks don't work. So Robin finally decides to try a heat gadget. I don't know why he waited this long. <laughs> um, and it even te- even that is only temporary. So they have to they have to cut and run. Um, meanwhile, at the Jaguar Bane stacked to match. Um, Bane tries to use his, his ultra combo finisher and break Donnie's back, but his shell is too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely fantastic call. I I love that reference. And that opens the door for bad girl to knock Bane out with the weight. I have questions, but yeah, I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let them get this W because the fight was so unfair to begin with. <laughs> it really was. Also, <laughs> I, I do now need to know like how much can Batgirl actually bench press because I was highly impressed by the weight. But we kind of conclude the rest of our fights here as um, Mikey, Raph, and Robin, they easily avoid Poison Ivy who got turned into a Venus flytrap. Uh, fortunately for her, her she gets rooted to the ground so she can only move just a little bit and just enough that uh, the trio are able to avoid all of it. And Two-Face gets turned into a two-headed cat. This is the only one I was a little confused about. <laughs> Here's what it is. Here's why I'm mad about this. All right. This is a Nickelodeon co-production, right? Yeah, sorry, you know. I, I just I just realized it just it. Came oh. to you. If you were gonna do a two face, two animals, cat dog was right there. <laughs> cat dog could have happened. We could have gotten cat dog two face, but they did two cats two face. Uh, what a oh, damn! That just lowered the rating for this film for me. <laughs> <laughs> Seven point deduction. <laughs> You failed the test. <laughs> uh, but they meet up with uh, what should have been Cat Dog, but rather Two Two Face Cat in the um, in this like random coliseum. I have no idea really what this was. Like the Arkham Fighting Arena, I guess. I, I guess make yeah. the inmates fight for money. <laughs> <laughs> so they arrive there and they see that um, it's it's all a trick. Uh, Two-Face is not actually holding anyone hostage. And even though they're able to knock out Two-Face for a quick second, they see that the the hostages that are before them are fake. As we see the scariest transformation of all, that Joker turned himself, or his he turned into a King Cobra um, as he's now talking about 
you know, everything that's been going on, how he's connected to it all. And even though uh, we have the full might of the entire squad here, it the all the villains are just too much for them as Joker is able to attack just as well as Harley Quinn. Uh, Polar Bear Freeze comes through and we see in a crazy scene that he freezes Batman to the ground, even though Batman's protesting to everybody. They're like, we need to come back. We need to make a plan. He freezes Batman to the ground and this gives Joker enough time to actually infect him with uh, the new toxin that he's created. It is a combination of Joker venom and the and the mutagen, the, the ooze that came over from, from the Turtles world. Yeah, and as you suspect, once Batman gets injected with this, he turns instantly into a large lemur. And man, this thing is <laughs> terrifying. It's like, if you ever wondered what Momo would like if it was evil on the dark side. No, of course not. He turns into a big bat, because come on. <laughs> 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 oh, but he does look like a lemur. He does look like Momo. <laughs> He's got the oh wings. God. He's got the, you know. <laughs> um, it's this the same was... character designers. I'm pretty sure it's the same character designers. Hey, it's possible. <laughs> Nickelodeon joint production. Um, <laughs> but this bat Batman is intense because he is so strong. He can block Mr. Freeze's ice with his wings, bro. Mm. This guy is not playing games. He takes the Mr. Freeze into a hole and we don't we don't know what happened to him after that. So I put on ice. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe he got a body. <laughs> <laughs> um so at the same time now they have another problem. They got to bring Batman. They got to inject him with the serum. And now it's everyone uh, trying to take down Batman um, with the serum while also avoiding all the other villains. So, yeah, just another crazy melee where there's so much going on here. Damien's stepping up. My boy Damien is getting some real W's. Uh, mm. He 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 thinks men and women are equal for that beatdown because he's taking on Harley <laughs> with no problem. Uh, given his history, that makes sense. Um, Tali's a badass. And I love, absolutely love Barbara against Joker because, you know, most continuities, Joker is shooting Barbara and that's their relationship, essentially. But here, not only does she beat that ass, but she kicks out all of this man's <laughs> teeth. Yes, girl. Get it. <laughs> I loved it so much. And I'm so glad that we got a chance to see just everybody kind of get taken down so quickly while also have all this chaos around them, too. Uh, fortunately for them, the Mikey gets grabbed. I know this sounds really weird to say, fortunately, Mikey is the one to get grabbed, <laughs> <laughs> but he is able to uh, hit Batman with the anti-mutagen slash retro ooze, or no, sorry, retro mutagen slash anti-ooze. We went back and forth in the names because of the fact that it went back and forth in, this, in the movie as well as a running joke. Uh, he's able to take down Bat, Bat, or Man Bat? Is this, I guess? I, I just call him Bat Batman. Bat Batman. <laughs> so he's able to take down Bat Batman and, um, you know, he does apologize right before as well. 
as he falls down the Batman, we see reverse back to his normal self because um, once again, the, the anti-ooze is able to revert anybody who has been turned within the last 12 hours. So fortunately for them, it does work and it's not lethal. Uh, looks like we got that, that random 60% was really working hard this time around. Yeah. So thank, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now it's time for them to head back to the Batcave as Shredder and Raza Ghoul continue on with their plans. Um, they actually end up meeting with Penguin, who has secured the uh, the actual the device that Batman or Bruce had actually hidden away. He was able to find it, and um, Raz showed that he was actually working with Penguin to secure the final object, leaning into more of that Shredder really kind of not trusting Rachel Ghoul at this point. Yeah, also, uh, Batman was going to move the device to Bloodhaven, and you couldn't give it to, like, Superman for the Fortress of Solitude? Like, couldn't fly that over for you, buddy? Like, uh, I don't get it. Uh, but, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not that heavy for Superman. <laughs> yeah, that, taking him two minutes stops. Um, I do like this, like, a quick moment where uh, Shredder gets cheated out. Of, they don't... They Shredder's, uh kills all of Penguin's men, essentially, and... Mm doesn't say he's not going to get paid and him and back penguin and Baxter are like, I ain't getting paid either, bro. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> we'll make it through this. Um, back at the back cave, Batman's obviously needs a minute <laughs> to recover from becoming a giant bat. And there's, there's some great, two great lines here where they're like, are the hostages okay? And they're like, they're fine. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Mikey also has this revelation that um, Bruce Wayne oh. is Batman. But they're all like, you knew the Batcave was under Wayne Manor, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, lo- I love these little exchanges. Fortunately for them now, uh, Batman does recover. And he's pissed now at this point. He is, you know, he puts a lot more faith in his team than he ever will with outsiders. You know, if you weren't trained by Batman, that means you're incompetent in his own eyes. And he keeps telling them that, like, he and his team will handle this by themselves. But, you know, in a one final moment to finally end the verses between the two of them, uh, Leo and Raph, and they, they all come together and just say that, hey, we truly do need to work together. We are facing off two against two of our biggest opponents. So this isn't the time to divide us. This is the time to truly come together as a family to really, you know, kick shell. Uh, so Batman agrees. And just in time as the alert comes through that the there might be something going down the Ace Chemicals because Batgirl's able to figure out that the Cloud Seeder, uh, which is the device that they stole, is somewhere in the same vicinity as Ace Chemicals because they deduced that the only place that they could get that much Joker Venom is from the is from the vat that Joker fell into back when he was first created. So now it's time for everybody to suit up one more time. The sides are brought in. The pizza is put into the utility belt, and Batman hops into the Batmobile. He has Mikey in the passenger seat, and we have now the rest of the turtles along with Damien and Batgirl who are riding in the. Um, it actually might be called okay. It is yeah. It's called the party wagon or the turtle van. 
yeah yeah it's just called the turtle van it might i might have been thinking about party wagon <laughs> oh i see i see yeah so now they're out in their vehicles they are ready to go freeze is probably dead at this point and <laughs> <laughs> the hand and the league of assassins fire arrows at the streets that will probably cause millions of infrastructure damage luckily bruce can cover it um <laughs> and they also have to worry about not only mutated um ninjas but also that because a lot of these uh evil ninjas have their osha licenses they can operate cranes trains whatever so to fight back the turtle van shoots out manhole covers at um at one crane and that guy's definitely dead right oh yeah he's, <laughs> he's been so unalived like it's it's not okay <laughs> and uh speaking of murder um at one point uh they ha- bar batgirl has to fight off it's not tusk but he's close he's close he is close he is. close to my boy tusk an elephant ninja mutant and she just decides to lure him into an explosion that I am a thousand percent sure killed him. <laughs> like, just because you're an elephant doesn't mean an explosion won't kill you. Again, y'all, this is PG-13. PG-13. <laughs> so I think my favorite mutation that happened, and actually second favorite, had to be the pigeon that tried to carry one of them away. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so uh they are really losing at this point unfortunately but um luckily for them they do they are able to rally raf heads out on the uh on his cycle along with batgirl and we also see that the foot clan they also have a bunch of tech that are like these like grapple hooks that they're now piercing the the batmobile with so they're the batmobile is now trapped it's like suspended in midair and at this moment, Batman looks over at Mikey and tells him, push all the buttons. And there are so many random ass buttons in the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he asked he asked Mikey to do it specifically because some of those weapons did kill people. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically, Batman didn't do it. Technically, he keeps his vow by making Mikey. <laughs> what is it? Assistant manslaughter? Right, assistant manslaughter. Anybody? <laughs> and lawyers, in <laughs> please let us know what kind of crime this is. And as Mikey is just having the time of his life, Damien looks over because he sees that there's a uh, a flare gun that apparently Batman has that turns the, the fire into a bat signal. But you know, he's he's sad that he's not going to be able to press all the buttons anytime soon as Batman finally is able to calm down Mikey. And as the turtles make their way over in the in the party wagon, as we've now <laughs> learned that it is called, yes. um, they come across the most devastating and probably my favorite transformation in this entire film as a dinosaur, a freaking T-Rex, bursts through the... Uh, all the uh all the, the the shipping containers as they're now being chased by a t-rex trying to avoid it leading into the coolest scene as damien takes the the anti-ooze and basically leaps off the party wagon and throws everything into the mouth of the t-rex to force it to change back 
Yeah, and I was like, I love how he's like, nah, dosage. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Word. We say we wasted like 17 doses there. Like, I'm pretty sure one would have sufficed. Nope. All of them. <laughs> and luckily it just changes him back without killing him that we know of. Um, <laughs> and we get a nice cool team up shot of all of them, all of them on their various vehicles arriving to Ace Chemicals at the same time. Barbara does not care about your motorcycle maintenance or how much it costs because she just launches that <laughs> motorcycle <laughs> immediately. And um, Roz and Shredder are there. Roz, yo, this burn, Roz tells Batman, well, well, he says aloud, but he says, typical Batman, sending children to do his work. Perhaps one more must die to teach him a lesson. Damn it. Oh. Woo. Oh, Roz. <laughs> we now see that Damien's, uh, Damien's lines were genetic. Because, uh, yes. God. Damn. Everybody needs to go into the Lazarus pit after that. Like, come on. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and this leads into the greatest battle of all time, I feel. Because we have Shredder is facing off against Batman once again for round two of their fight from earlier. Leo starts fighting against Roz. This was a this was a shocking one for me because I didn't think that this was actually gonna happen. I figured they would take their own villains but you know hey um it was a really cool fight and then uh he also we also see raf takes on a couple more criminals batgirl as well uh mikey and donatello try to jump in in certain cases and damien's just left alone he doesn't really know who to face uh because everybody's being handled and he looks off to the right and <laughs> he sees baxter stockman and he tells him, you, fly man, I will destroy you. You and I will engage in combat right now. And, um, you know, rightfully so, Baxter just gives up. He throws up and gives up. I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep imagining it was he's still played by Tyler Perry. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I need that scene now, live action. <laughs> Even though the voice is like closer to Jeff Goldblum's fly, but still, it, it, I I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we get some great endings to the battles. Um, oh, meanwhile, Roz did just fracture Donnie's arm without. I, fracture is like a calm way of saying it. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that arm bone is disintegrated the way it cracked. And this is while he was fighting with one hand. Like, Mark. Mark, dude, Ugh. damn. Um, so Leo has to break out the, the Neji pressure point technique against Ra's al Ghul <laughs> to overcome. Um, meanwhile, uh, Donnie and Mikey are left on the flying cloud seeder machine and with a busted arm and Mikey's recklessness, they got to destroy the thing in time while Batman faces off against his boy, the Shredder. And it looks like Batman may once again lose this battle. But fortunately for him, he does have an ace up his sleeve, or rather a turtle up his sleeve. As with a well-timed cowabunga, first time that Batman's ever said cowabunga, uh, Raphael comes through, basically shell-shocked Shredder. (laughs) And 
I want to say I'm still trying to figure out the timeline, but the leap that Raphael did to basically leap over to the other side, I'm pretty sure he gave Shredder the middle finger along the way, was very reminiscent of Star-Lord's version in Infinity War. So I'm trying to figure out who did it first. <laughs> uh, this did come out in 2019. Mm. So mm. I think, uh, yeah, I think yep. I think this one is Raph. <laughs> And a quick note for everybody, a good way to avoid putting up the middle finger in a PG-13 film is to apparently use your size as the middle finger. (laughs) Yep. He's only got three. So, you know, exactly. (laughs) So now that Shredder is knocked out and the Cloud Seeder is plummeting to the ground, um, Donnie and Mikey look like they also might be plummeting to their own demise. Fortunately for them, they do remember that they're turtles and they put themselves in their shells luckily enough for them they do end up bouncing on one of the blimps that are floating around in gotham saving their lives but now the cloud seeder falls basically right on top of shredder somehow in some way yes and shredder is knocked into the vat of acid which can only mean good things and (laughs) batman says yo we gotta get everybody out I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way they got everybody out. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they did Especially because, you know, they probably did because they definitely killed a lot of more people than we thought. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because all the living ones. <laughs> That's why Batman only fought Shredder, so his body count won't go higher. <laughs> um, he, did, he pulled that, I don't have to, I'm not going to kill you. I don't you. have to, kill I have you to save you. <laughs> you Man, a lot of people die in this movie. Um <laughs> So now the battle is over. Uh, They finally get to chill for a second. And, um, you know, it's a sweet moment. Um, Barbara says, you know, her online handle is Oracle um, and exchanges with Donnie. The turtles are ready to get back. But Batman doesn't let them leave because it's pizza time. Yes. You're back in our good graces, Batman. Yeah. He even folded that pizza. He did Brooklyn style. Exactly. Respect it. Respect now, it. Now we know Batman's a real one. <laughs> Batman, you can come to the cookout. <laughs> the, the the jury's still out on Alfred, but you know he's cool either way because he was eating his pizza with a knife and fork. Like I, I, I didn't know where he was uh, going. Yeah, that's gonna set you back, Alfie. Yeah, maybe next year. So that is the movie. It starts wrapping up. It's a really cool post credits. Um, or credit scene rather where we see batman throughout different iterations of different like cool comic book covers of his where he's interacting with the turtles um you know we get some really cool ones like batman's first appearance as he sees swinging along with mike uh with don with leo and also when he first split from the justice league to create the outsiders um but all of that is just really cool imagery to see right before our post-credit scene where shredder Almost like kind of like a setup for the live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where he is popping out of the rubble that has been produced by Ace Chemicals and his hand has turned that Joker white as he now pans his face to the camera where we see a Jokerfied Shredder. I want to see this. I want to see this more. I, 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 <laughs> I want to see. I, like now. Give me. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so we... How many pizza pies are you giving Batman versus the TMNT? You know, 
I would not have anticipated this in a million years, um, but I'm going to slap it with a, for, for the amount of slices on a pizza, I'm giving this an eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a clever movie. Um, the choreography is insane. The choreography is, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to pick on Wonder Woman bloodline, so I won't say the choreography is better than that, but it is. <laughs> Um, (laughs) they, they never, every fight is so obviously precious to the animators. They don't skimp. They know exactly what their characters can do and not do. Um, everyone's personalities are in display so well. Um, and there are a couple of moments of deepness, uh, when Batman has those little falling out with the turtles in the middle of the movie. Uh, you know, the speech comes to an end when, you know, Batman is saying, you know, this is this is my team, not a family. And Raphael says, ain't that the same thing? Mm. And, you know, it could come off as like, oh, you know, one of those like, all right, like cute lines. But if you go deeper and think about, you know, Batman has lost his family and to acknowledge that his team is his family is a very difficult thing for him to do, even though one of them is his son. Um, so, you know, that that's what brings him into the fight, you know, accepting that these are family and these are, this is important. So had there been more deep moments like that, had there been something deeper, this could be a 10 out of 10 easy, but it knew what it wanted to be. It was so much fun. I really had a good time from beginning to end. So I got it. I got to give it an eight out of 10. How many pizza pies do you think this needs for you? Yeah, I definitely will going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. I also want to point out that I did the 0.5 is maybe because I actually ate pizza while watching this film. So that, that helped with the enjoyment. So uh, you got lucky there. <laughs> That's after the 10 point deduction for um, right. the cat dog. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's it's such a great movie. I think that um, you know it's coming off of the fact that we were watching the full DC animated movie universe with so many compelling storylines. To have this just drop and it just seems so random. Like you know, it's it's not a Batman hush. It's not a Wonder Woman bloodlines. It's not the death and the return of Superman. Like these are these are this is just a fun film. Like. Uh, you know, and it has such great animation. There's just excellent callbacks and Easter eggs. Or I think that whether you're a fan of Batman, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or even both, like you could connect with it on such a deep level and recognize a lot of these callbacks. Also, the lot a lot of the scenes are just like pulled right from the comic. Like a lot of dialogue pulled right from the comic. So for me, that automatically gives it a, lot, a passing grade. I think that if you know your source material, don't change it unless it was like terribly bad, but like it, they found, the, they found a way to really kind of bring this to life on as animated. But the only reason why I had it deducted a couple points is because um, logically it doesn't quite make sense. I feel because of the fact that it's never established whether or not the turtles come from a separate universe in this film. Um. So it does seem weird that like if they existed in this on the same earth, let's say, 
that the League of Assassins and the Foot Clan never actually crossed paths in the past. Like, it seems weird that, like, all this seems to be happening for the very first time. Like, they're each learning about each other's dynamics. Like, and it's even pointed out that Gotham and New York City are very similar, but it's not said to the point where it's like, it's similar because it's an alternate reality. It's just like, oh yeah, they're just very similar cities. So that's kind of where I was just like confused about the um, the placement of the, the backgrounds. Like how did the turtles get to get to Gotham? Like we know why they had to go to Gotham, but how did they get there besides the, also where they hide the party van? <laughs> yeah, and there's like a timing thing too, because you figure if we're living in an, uh, in a continuity where Jason Todd is dead, and Damien is around. Batman's been around for at least like 20 years, right? Like right. the minimum. So it's also kind of stretching belief that they've never heard of Batman. Like if, yeah. a, if Superman is out and around, you've heard of Batman. <laughs> yeah, especially because Superman would most likely pass by New York City in some way, shape, or form. Like the man is international. So where? how is it that they'd never heard of Batman? Um, also another thing that like I had a deductive points for was the, uh, the, I realize it now that we barely even brought it up, um, because it doesn't come up again after the explanation, but the Sata Oshi strike, the move that, um, Shredder pulls on Batman, we get the move being executed. We then get Leo's definition of the move and how it originated from the, um, from from ancient from feudal japan and how only shredder and master splinter are the only two that know it and it kind of just ends there we never see it again we never see batman try to do it so it's just like it felt unnecessary like it could have just been that bat like just say batman took an l it didn't have to be some crazy special move it didn't need this like rich deep history that needed from it to never be brought up again yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think there, I think probably like how Fast and the Furious, Rock and Vin Diesel had those contracts where they can only take a certain amount of blows. They can't lose a fight. Um, I think here that between the, <laughs> between the companies, I think they were like, okay, Batman and Shredder can fight, but we cannot say who's better. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say Batman is better than the Turtles because they're teenagers, but you can't say he's better than Shredder. So you gave Shredder like the the ultimate move. And technically they never finished either one of their fights. Mm, that's true. So yeah, I think that was what was going on. A little like, because we know Batman can defeat Roz. Otherwise Batman would be dead already. So, but yeah, Batman, the math is weird because Leo can defeat Roz, but Roz can't defeat Batman. <laughs> What's the math? <laughs> the math ain't mathing when it comes to ninjutsu, y'all. What's going on? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's why I had to give it a, an 8.5. Overall, once again, it is a great film. I have watched this countless times and enjoyed it every single time. I think it's just, if you're looking for a fun film to show your family, um, you know, warning again that some people do get killed in very gruesome ways, uh, you know, especially with the shuriken to the head, as well as the, uh, the dude that got straight up you know decapitated uh <laughs> it's still a fun thing because we get a chance to see two great um heroes for kids where we have batman as well as the teenage mutant ninja turtles who've been just like 
heroes throughout the ages since their like creation back in like the 80s or so. All right, so that was our film. Now it's time for that comic book knowledge. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, this is based off of the popular, you know, critically acclaimed. I don't know if it was best selling, but I know I definitely bought it when they were dropping. Uh, the Batman, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. This is this was written by James Tinian the Fourth. And correction for what I said earlier, this is also art done by Freddie Williams the Second, not the Third. Uh, <laughs> there's there are too many numerical values going on in this. <laughs> So uh, James Tinian, um, I always enjoyed his work. He's already famous for his work on a lot of the Batman comics as well, especially Batman Eternal. So I knew that going into this, this was already going to be a really great story arc. And it is a cross-company comic between DC Comics and IDW Publishing, which ran for six issues between 2015 and 2016. Now, here's the crazy part. This isn't the only time that, the, that Batman and TNNT have crossed over nonsense nope i mean yes we also see them battle each other in the injustice 2 game but more importantly in the comics this is the first of three comic crossovers that they've had there are a total of four however the first three are the ones that are actually connected that tell this linear storyline that follow along with the events that have happened from this similar to this film all the way to its wrap-up that happened back in 2019 um, they then released a fourth one, which was a bit more of a spinoff, um, a bit of a different concept, uh, very similar kind of style, but, but the anime, the drawing style, the illustration was different. And it was really put together to celebrate the 80th anniversary of Batman alongside the 35th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the time. All right. So uh, that's a good excuse. It's not just a random, hey, look, are those turtles over there? <laughs> so. Uh, for the sake of this film, not to, I don't want to put it against the other two stories that happen within its continuity. I'm really going to be talking about the first comic itself, Batman slash TMNT. Um, so again, written by James Tinian in the fourth art by Freddie Williams, the second. Uh, and in that one story-wise there, here are some of the differences. It is well-established in the comic that, the turtles come from an alternate universe. Um, they figure this out because Batman, after fighting against the turtles, uh, he takes Raph's side, he researches it alongside with Lucius Fox, as they're able to figure out that by testing the particles in Raph's side, that the atoms are made from a similar material, but because of the, diff- the small differences, they realize that it must be uh, item from another universe because it's, it's different at an atomic level. This was also later confirmed again by Master Splinter telling Batman that he's from an alternate universe. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, so that's another thing that we also have uh, Splinter in this comic instead of um, a couple other characters. So another major difference to the storyline is really kind of the overall goal that Shredder and Roz wanted to do. The real plan was Shredder was sent over to this version of Gotham, uh, rather New York, because I mean, because in some way, shape, or form, Gotham is kind of like New York. Shredder was sent over to Gotham, um, where he teamed up with Rachel Ghoul because he, the two of them, are planning to open portals now to different Earths and 
they were going to take over um, different versions of, of NYC and Gotham so that it was extending Raish's rule as well as Shredder's rule. There was not much of a uh, Lazarus bit influence or trying to turn everybody into monsters. Like that was kind of more of like an afterthought, but the main goal was this. And of course, because it is Shredder and Raish, the two of them end up double crossing one another. As you do, as you do. Mm. <laughs> Finally, this was a big thing that I kind of, uh, wish that they did include um, if this is going to be a continuous story for the film. Um, so in the original comic, the Turtles are also working against the clock because the longer that they stay in Batman's universe, the more their atoms will start to shift back into their natural state before they got oozed. So they're working against the clock now to try to make sure that they can take down Shredder and bring him back before they actually turn into turtles, like their smaller turtle selves. Oh, kind of like a Spider-Verse sort of deal. Right, right. And it felt like a missed opportunity in this one. I mean, if it if we do get a sequel to this film, I do hope they include it, just because it does add a bit of urgency to the scenario. But, I mean, hey, um, if it ends up not being the case, it's whatever. Uh, next, we have some character differences, as we have that, as I mentioned, Splinter um, does make an appearance in the comic, He's actually the one that finds the Batcave. He's the one that actually saves the turtles from getting their shells whooped by Batman. Um, but he's also the one that does face off against Batman a lot. Um, there's one really great line in there where Shredder, not Shredder, sorry, where Batman realizes that Splinter is a giant rat. And real, and this is where Splinter looks at him and says, what is more worrisome? The, the animal who believes himself to be a man or the man who believes himself to be an animal. Ooh, flip that mm. on you, Batman. <laughs> Rat yeah, man. Like <laughs> After that, um, it distracted Batman long enough that they were able to get away. Penguin plays a bit more bigger part than he did in the uh, in the comic than he does in the film. Um, he has a bit more of a story in the first half of the six part issues. Um. And it's also more, well more established that Raish is the one who actually hired Penguin. Penguin also gets transformed into an actual Penguin because of the ooze. Damn it, missed opportunity. <laughs> I mean, we did get the gun. What was it the Gunbrella? Yes. So I think that I think that's a fair trade-off. Uh, Batgirl isn't in the story. Isn't in the uh, in the comic either. She um, appears more in the I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the second one, and that's where kind of more of the anti ooze retro mutagen story arc comes from. Um, I'll just share one thing about it because I feel like you might want to read this. Uh, Bane gets infected and he becomes his most jacked self. Wait, more, more jacked than more jacked. regular Bane? Yes, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, finally, we do have Casey and April. They do appear in the comics. They are the ones that are putting forward the storyline that if the Turtles and, and Splinter don't return, they will turn back into their Turtle selves. And finally, unfortunately, there is no Shredder Joker in the first part. Ah, but the second mm. part. <laughs> oh, not in the second part. Either. Oh. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> <in> the third? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You, know, you can still read the comics the first three uh this both all of them are six parts so there are 18 comics that you can read from to see if shredded joker does make an appearance um but yeah those were the major differences in the character presence that do appear 
Until then, take care of yourselves and remember that no matter where in the multiverse you may fall, no matter where in the omniverse you may fall, it's always pizza time. Yes. And if you happen to fall into another multiverse and um, you meet your another version of yourself, do the right thing and pull a parent trap. <laughs> <laughs> Just have fun with identity. it. Get that money. You're the same person. It's okay. Right, exactly. What's the worst that can happen? You get charged with identity theft? How? Try All to right. convict that in court. <laughs> now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall. And tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. First Narlis is a comic our movie is based on, Batman TMNT. It was first released in 2015 through a cross-collaboration production between DC Comics and IDW and has since created two additional parts. With each story collecting six issues, that is 18 comics of this epic crossover. And speaking of crossovers, we definitely recommend checking out Turtles Forever, a 2009 animated film that saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of both the 1987 and 2003 television series meeting through multiversal hijinks. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.